And we welcome you to the Overtime Podcast today, our second edition. Joining us here in studio once again, our co-hosts, we've got Brandon Spratt and Matt Harrington. Matt looking sharp, full off of uh, graduation. What with honors from, uh, was it Butler? Right at the university. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, I always do that. Uh, <laughs> So it's not the Bulldogs, right? What's your uh, nickname over there? That'd be the Bradley Braves. The Braves. You know, he did a great job there. He worked with uh, some ESPN stuff with the uh, college uh, collegiate stuff, uh, some baseball, hockey, basketball, volleyball, did tons of stuff there. Brandon Spratt, you're in studio too with us as well. I was uh, adding up numbers, and I think the two of you have now combined for, what, seven to eight years of work with MN Hockey TV and uh, Youth Sports Plus as the uh, parent company. And uh, the years are starting to stack up, and uh, you're putting on some miles behind the mic. So we've graduated you to uh, the studio. So welcome aboard, gentlemen. Thank Thank you. Appreciate it. In stereo. Did you guys rehearse that? (laughs) That was fantastic. Uh, Brandon, you just came off a really nice soccer affair uh, at Edina with Creighton Durham Hall, getting uh, the mics going here for the fall, so the girls' side. So you'll be uh, pretty much the voice of that. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you're going to be doing others. The two of you are going to do quite a few games this year for us, and, and we're looking very forward to that. We'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, we've got a great guest list here today. We've got the makers of an absolutely uh, fascinating film to me, Andrew Sherburn and Tommy Haynes, who are the makers of Hockeyland join us today and uh we will bring them in here in a second they're the masterminds of this thing but let's look at what they've done first uh, they've produced many things including this gem the 2008 pond hockey uh movie that uh, created a narrative uh over of our overstructured youth which we know is so important it, it's been dubbed by espn as uh, the greatest hockey film it's been seen by over a million viewers uh making impacts there for sure they had their 2013 uh film called gold fever that was about invasive mining in uh, an indigenous uh, town in uh, Guatemala. And then 2018, Saving Britain. Uh, and it was, or is it Brighton, guys? Sorry. Is it Saving yeah, Britain? You got it. Oh, I, was, I looked at that twice. Okay, Saving Britain. It was named one of the best movies of the year by Anne Hornaday of the Washington Post. Their films have played in over 80 festivals in 43 countries uh, around the globe. And uh, these guys uh, have done a a ton of work, and and they came up with this, uh, what I think, gem. If you watch the trailer, it looks absolutely terrific because it's here, it's now. It's not uh, in the past. It's not futuristic. It's about what's happening. It, it blends all of it together. So let's bring in Andrew Sherburn and Tommy Haynes, guys. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining the program. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, great, great to be on. So uh, you, our pleasure. Let's just get right into this whole situation. And I want to start with you guys first. Uh, you've been doing a lot of work in, uh, as, as a group and, you know, Hockey is obviously a big part of, of what you've done. You've had some really good pieces of work that have come out of that. And then, you know, when you put together your company, you've done some really great films. What drives you guys to uh, decide what you want your next project to be? And, and what's the decision-making process there? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. And one Andrew and I always struggle with, but I think it, it just, it spawns from just a curiosity to a subject, you know, like um, I think with, uh, the Saving Britain film, which you mentioned, it was uh, a guy that found this old collection of films just 30 miles south of us. And there was a curiosity for Andrew and I. I was like, what's this collection? Who's this guy that found it? And what's the story there? And that's kind of the impetus of these projects. The Hockeyland film, um, this is where I grew up playing hockey. And I hadn't been there for 30 years. And I knew that uh, there are some stories up there that I wanted to tap into. And so um that was the impetus there too just the curiosity of what what hockey was like in northern minnesota right now the name of your company is northland films just for those of you that want to look up and find more information about them and uh, andrew sherburn and tommy haynes here today to talk about their hockey land film and uh if you were to look at what you wanted this uh story to be and what it became was it what you thought it would be when you first started and we'll get into the depth of that a little bit further but you know how everything kind of becomes sort of a breathing thing when you do nonfiction. uh what kind yeah. of uh, flexibility did you have to show on this one? Oh yeah the, i mean this i think the start you know the the vision for it was you know um let's dig into the lives of these boys that that are playing high school hockey and what's the experience for them and and follow their path their senior season and just to see what happens and and that trajectory, I think the thing that kind of took me, at least me off guard, was uh, just 
the the caring of the coaches for these players, almost like you know secondary father figures, and then also the parents themselves, their just involvement in all all the hockey that goes on. And you know, I'm I'm kind of glad this film happened later for us. You know, we took a little hiatus from Minnesota hockey for for a decade, but that allowed Andrew and I both we have we have wives that work at the hospital down here and and have families of our own. So it gave us that kind of fatherly perspective too, that, that uh, I think was an important thing to have while making this film. Cause these, you know, these boys are 16, 17 year olds, 18 year olds that are just coming of age and they're making mistakes. And we just want to make sure we, we were, were careful about how we presented, you know, their lives. Very respectful for sure. And when you look at the fatherly figures of these coaches, you look at Pat Andrews, he's not an old guy, right? So you, when, oh, yeah. when, you, when you realize, though, that he can do that with this young of a group, it really puts things in perspective. And you think back to when, you know, you were probably younger and playing. Did you think coaches were like that? Or did, you know, having been gone for a while, does it seem like it's evolved a little more from a caring perspective? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Go ahead, Andrew. Well, I mean, Pat, Pat's our age. We're the same age as Pat. He's actually a little bit younger. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so we grew up in the same era that he did. And, and, and at least for me, um, I, I didn't play as much hockey. I was more of a football guy when I was in high school. But, man, I mean, my, my coaches were kind of the old school, uh, tough love sort of guys. There wasn't a, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, reflection on, you know, uh, building, building character and, and mindfulness. It was, uh, you know, we're going to teach you how to be tough. And that's what you got to be to win on the field. And I think. You know, while any of these sports require that, uh, you know, no matter what, require some level of uh, of toughness, I think. Uh, I think people are, uh, understand the complexities a lot more these days and that you can be both tough and you can be uh, conscientious and mindful and aware um, of, of your conduct, of, of your, you know, how you're a team, a teammate or a leader uh, for your team. And so I just... I see so much care uh, in in the way Pat approaches uh, his team uh, and coaching that I think is is really amazing. Um, you know, the, to see how how coaches, not just Pat, but so many coaches have evolved in the last you know since since I was there as a kid. Interesting points, and uh, I think you know you went from the face mask grabbing, "What's wrong with you, son?" to uh, people that are probably a little more communicative and in, in tune with 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 the player. And you know, I've always said there's the playing customer and the paying customer. And if if you take care of the playing customer, the paying customer, mom and dad are usually pretty happy. And uh, part of that comes with the emotional being of, of, of the athlete, too. And when you start talking about emotions and what this is all about, yeah, everybody wants to go to the state tournament, right? I mean, it's the big show and the big dance. But I think the thing that's really interesting is you're going to lose. Every team's going to lose their last game except for the third-place winner and the championship winner of the actual state tournament. So at some point, every team except for really one, but maybe two, sit around a room as seniors and stare at each other and say, man, we've been doing this since we were in kindergarten and uh, we've done a lot of other stuff, but this is over and you can feel the finality. Were you guys able to get inside on any of that with these two teams? And even when you do win, before I finish the question, which is going on forever here, even when you do win, you uh, it's over too. I mean, so either way, it's emotional. Were you able to feel that at all? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, if, when, when you watch the film, I mean, that's definitely the the climax of the of the movie. You know, these last games for these seniors, both on both the Eveleth side and and the Hermitown side. And so, and that was something we were after from the start. You know, the you're saying, you know, what's the impetus of this film? And part of that was, you know, us us Andrew and I meeting Neil Broughton back in 2007 when we were filming pond hockey, and he, you know, this guy's got accolades more than anyone in Minnesota, basically, with a Miracle on Ice gold medal, and he won a Stanley Cup, he won the Hobie Baker and a Natty Championship with the Gophers, and so he, but he kept referring to these days with Rozo and playing in a state tournament and losing to Edina there, and you know, just realizing that 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 era for him was coming to an end, and all these boys that he grew up playing, you know, four or five years old with was was this was the end of it. And just taking that long ride back to Rozo with these kids uh, and all, and all of them just bawling their eyes out. Cause they knew that there was an end of a, end of a chapter for them all. So that's something we were from the start of this film. Like we need to make sure we're capturing that. And uh, I think, I think we did. That's so powerful. As you say, you know, from a, a national championship to a, a gold medal, to a Stanley cup, all yeah. of that. 
I bet you he would turn all of that in. Heaven forbid USA hockey people are jumping down my throat now. He would turn all <laughs> that in for a state championship with his boys. And Maybe not the Miracle on Ice, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, well, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. high, it's high up there. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's special. Yeah. But I mean, you, you hear these guys come back all the time that are have been in the show and do the things that they do and say, you know, it's really still, you know, we feel like we left something on the table or... You know, uh, really, it became about that. So when you when you when you're waiting for the perfect story for this to happen, and you saw that Evelith, and I love the story about the Iron Range because let's be honest, that's where hockey was birthed, and mm-hmm. especially here in Minnesota, it's where all yep. of it is. It's just enshrined. You've got the Hockey Hall of Fame. The hip is the hip. You know, all of the above. You take Evelith, which became Evelith Gilbert, right? And now you're going to merge them with Virginia Mountain Iron Buell, which is a major rival of theirs. That's like taking Edina and Tonka in the Twin Cities and say, <laughs> you guys are a club. Yeah. Oh, whose jersey are you going to wear? So yep. for those kids, that was the last <laughs> Evelith hockey team. And so there had to yeah. be a lot of extra meaning to that, too. Did they touch on that at all? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is... Yeah, like you said, this is the place where the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame is. Uh, John Mayestich, you know, won, I think, four state titles in a row while he was there. Willard Eichler was on that team. That Then then Eichler goes down to Edina and starts coaching that whole series of, of state championships, right? So a lot of it just kind of webs out from uh, from Eveleth, Minnesota. And, um, yeah, you, I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to ignore it. You walk into the building, there's the, the John Mariucci and Mayestich and, and Matt Schiffs and uh, – Pavlich and all these guys up in the lobby and then you walk into the actual hip itself with the banners hanging everywhere it's it's constantly present there that just the history of that place um and so yeah that's something we want to make sure we tapped into a little bit with the filmmaking but also it's just hard to ignore it's just it's very very present up there well i think one of the things yeah. you guys mentioned in your press uh materials were, were that there's not been a gold medal one uh that didn't have a player that came from Eveleth. In USA yeah. hockey, that's incredible when you think about it in that perspective. That is, wow. Uh, so then you merge that with the big bad wolf over at Hermantown. Yeah. I mean, and they're not just just to Section Seven in that area. I mean, they are to Class A hockey. Everybody's like, you know, wanting them to jump, and I don't care about that. But they have a definite big boy mentality to Class A hockey. And the region. So, can you compare and contrast what you guys learned from those two programs? Yeah, go ahead, Andrew. Let's jump in, but I got plenty to say there for sure. <laughs> well, I think you know, going into the the project, I think like a lot of other people, you know, what you see on the surface is um, you know a little bit um, hyperbole, uh, right? I mean, we don't, as casual viewers, you don't always understand everything that goes into this project. So you have these kind of stereotypical of, of the programs and uh you know hermantown definitely uh big bad bears in some ways although not with a bear on their sweater but uh you know it, looking at them yeah i think people think you know they're they've got the advantage um they've got every uh, you know fortune um they should be winning and, and a lot of people you know have a have some problems with that we wanted to look at you know what really goes on in that program and and what commonalities might they have um between the two programs that that maybe aren't as obvious on the surface and i think what you find is that it's two communities that really love um you know their their programs um take care of their players show up um and so there's a, there's a lot more in common than than people might think and i think and, and just well oh, i'd just like to add be quick just uh you know it's you know, back in the day, there was only one class, right? There was, yeah. you know, when World won championships, that was just one class for some of those championships for World. So until it split just, a, you know, a couple of decades ago. So now people are like, every time there's a there's a team that's coming on as a dynasty, like St. Thomas Academy did and programs before that, like they keep wanting to move up to AA. But, you know, as far as we see from a statistical thing, like they're, they only have 700 kids in the, you know, in the school, whereas I think you need 1,300 to be in, in AA. So if we just start doing the math, like, you know, they're actually well within the, the rules of, of class A. They're a boy and girl school. They're not just a private school that can recruit and have just boys there. So we, we all, you know, and, and some of that's just us, us learning this as we're there. Cause I think the first impressions for us was like, yeah, these are the, uh, you know, the, the Goliath versus, versus David here in the fight. And, 
they have all the advantages in the world, but you start to just get the humanity of that the more you learn uh, about them and their players. And um, and that's what happened to us because it really the, the film that you see plays out that same way where you see Pat so intense and and you're kind of rooting for Eveleth and, and these underdogs at first. But I, I hope the audience at the end of the movie just gets to more like this is just the experience of high school hockey in Minnesota through these four boys that we follow. And this is their experience more so than like really pitting the two schools against each other. That's the cool part, the human element of the people. And it's less about the properties. You know, the one thing about Pat Andrews that I know that I really truly enjoy is it's, I love passion and intensity and it, it's a well-placed intensity, but his passion and uh, love of what he does and why being an ex-hawk really matters. And uh, he really is able to uh, communicate that and carry that down into his program. And for those of you that didn't think that there'd be life after Bruce Plant, well, there clearly has been. And you know what? He's a protege. Yeah. And, and it's kind of I think it's really cool that you can uh, illustrate that. And one thing I throw by you guys that you might be surprised here, because I'm sure you hear the narrative all the time, the jump to double A thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I quote this all the time from a pod I did last year with uh, Tyler Palmasino, head coach of uh, East Grand Forks. I said, what do you think? Should they jump? And he goes, no. Uh, we don't want them to go. We don't want anybody to go. We want Class A to be as good as it can be. And yeah, you know, we don't want totally to. I thought that was awesome. And I think that yep. message needs to be heard more than the contrary of the others. I think that's a very good, true point. He goes, you know, we got to get better. and We got to find a way. And I love that. Yep. It, it, it's like Pete, stepping Pete, up. I- couldn't agree more. I mean, when we were filling the state tournament, those Class A games with Cathedral and uh, Hermantown going at it was just as packed in that arena and the X that, that the AA were. So you don't want to deplete the skill. That exactly. I mean, you, you definitely don't want to have, like, uh, this teams winning at six, seven years in a row, of course, and, and all that. Yes. Uh, but I, I, I love that the fact that Class A has gotten so good that you can have, you know, Matamidi and, and Warroad and all these really top-level Class A schools, and then people are going to want to watch that when they come down. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that tradition keeps going. Absolutely. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of, of your movie. Now, it's uh, premiering or debuting uh, on the 9th of September, correct? Correct. And you yeah, have it in theaters? plus theaters. 50? Yeah. All over Minnesota, 50 theaters, and then we go nationwide uh, the 16th in uh, oh. over 120 theaters. So it's it's going to be a, a big deal in Minnesota. We wanted to make sure we did it in Minnesota first. We talked to the distributor about that, like, hey, this is a film for Minnesotans first and foremost, so let's let's do the release there. So that's, yeah, that's the plan. So if, if, if in your community, what's the best way to find it? Just Should they just Google Hockeyland, the movie, and then it'll... Yeah, yeah go okay. Go to go to hockeylandmovie.com. Uh, we've got a list of theaters in Minnesota. We're try, trying to keep adding them every day, so um, you know it keeps expanding, which is which is great. It's great to see that there is interest outside of the state of Minnesota as well. I mean, we're, we've been very surprised at, at how excited uh, theaters in in Michigan and Pennsylvania are to add the film. Uh, but you'll, you'll see a whole list there of, uh, of the venues where, where the film is going to be playing. That's great. Well, we're happy to help in any way, too. So uh, we'll put some art up on our website on the mnhockey.tv, and then we'll link to wherever you want that to go. We can take that off the air and make sure we have that going in the appropriate spots cool. to, to keep that, uh, that going. And uh, I think it's absolutely exciting. I can't wait to see this. Uh, I am uh, going to be waltzing into a movie theater near me <laughs> to see it. Absolutely. And I'm going to bring these two dudes across the uh, table with me uh two and we'll be breaking it down it's gonna be a lot of fun i can't wait to see this well you guys yeah. you guys know ho- high school hockey right and this this should be right up your alley and uh it's a, it's a world you know well and um yeah we're just really really excited to get this thing out there it's a film like like we said earlier that we've just been wanting to do for over a decade so it's exciting to finally get it out and into the public that's awesome guys thanks for taking the time out to uh, promo the film i know you're busy uh, we will uh, make sure we get this to everybody we know. We'll put it in our newsletter to 20,000 people as well. And uh, awesome. we'll, we'll just keep pushing it for you. And uh, it's great to watch you guys just roll and succeed like you have. I mean, you were just ro- you start it, bang, you do it, and look at all the success you've had. Good things follow good people. So uh, thanks for everything yeah. that you do, guys. It's great stuff. No, and uh, you and appreciate, appreciate your work with High School Hockey, Pete. Keep it up. Yeah, well, oh, I thank know. you. We, uh, I think we were we were we were shooting on tiny little cameras uh, side by side 
yeah, back in 2005 or whenever we met, met each other. So back in the day yeah. with mini DV tape, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, pretty, exactly right. pretty out so. of control. So now you're probably, uh, you, you, you guys are probably using all the heavyweight gear, aren't you? Too heavy. Too old for it. Yeah, yeah. When you got families, you gotta, you know, pretty soon you'll be chasing them around too, right? So, yeah, that's right. All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, you take care, and uh, we will be checking in with Lauren Nelson when we take a quick Great. time out. Thanks, guys. Man needs meat. Youngins especially need meat, but you can't send nippers to school with a T-bone in their pocket. So arm them with Jack Link's beef sticks. It's a tasty protein treat that says, grow, you good thing. Plus, it's gluten and MSG free, which should please just about every mom, except the vegetarians. So if you're fed up with seeing mice bites out of their packed lunch, get the beef stick out. Jack Link's, feed your wild side. And we welcome you back to the Overtime Podcast, along with Matt Harrington and Brandon Spratt. I'm Pete Wagner. We've got a crew full of people. Glenn Gray is running the uh, controls with these cameras, actually with this really impressive backdrop. How about this for the website? Splash page, new. Looks great. Are you guys good with it? I love it. Absolutely. I mean, if you approve, I approve. Okay. It looks so good. And, you know, I kind of like the tiered button approach down there. Uh, basically, uh, we've got the Inside the Bubble logo right there. We've got the Overtime Podcast, and of course, the CARE 11 Game of the Week. 13 boys, 13 girls games, 26 total. Uh, that will be available to all of you live and free on YouTube. Don't get used to free, because we here at MN Hockey <laughs> TV got to pay the bills. We've got a really, really uh, huge uh, pay-per-view package uh, coming up for everybody with lots of play-by-play -play services. We're going to be very busy calling games, and We'd like to remind you that we are coming to you live from the Metasports League studios here in lovely Edina, Minnesota. I welcome you two into uh, Cakeville, Cake Town. I'm very happy to have you here. And uh, did you know my very first cable TV production with Paragon Cable when we do public access? We made up call letters. We had the mic stand, the sticks, K-A-K-E. Wow. Mm -hmm. Nice. The Station of Champions. Appropriate. Actually, that's BEC TV. Well, without further ado, we need to bring in our guy, uh, Lauren Nelson, who's the hockey guru from Legacy.Hockey. You can check it out there, Legacy.Hockey. There's no .com. That's it. Right, Lauren? That's probably something you repeat over and over. Thanks for joining us here today. Yeah, when I say .Hockey, I say the hockey is the calm. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then they say, no, I'm wait, like What? <laughs> Kind of like uh, mnhockey.tv, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, and they always go .tv.com. So I'll have to no, tell them like, that the .tv is the .com, and then let's see if that works. You two have dealt with that out on the road, haven't you? Oh, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. they come up to you. That's hilarious. So anyway, uh, Lauren's got some great stuff going there. He is the official website for the Minnesota High School Boys Coaches Association, meaning uh, no, um, the hub's still around. Good that's great. It was really awesome and served its purpose, still does. But Lauren is the place to go where all of the teams are officially uh, providing rosters, data, information. It goes to him, and he's the one that manages it. So he's partnered with the Coaches Association, as are we, meaning we're together as a trifecta, and we're very happy to be able to provide that. So, uh, Lauren, uh, we got a, a year that's coming up, and you know the changes keep coming. I guess the most recent one is, I mean, it's it's not a below radar, but it's the timing that uh, Eric Vetch leaves Hopkins and is now heading to the Lightning of Northern Lakes as the head coach there. Yeah, that's kind of a surprise. I don't know if Eric has ties up there or, you know, I guess family or a cabin or what, maybe, do you know Pete? Yeah, I think he's got a cabin now. Uh, no, I I, so I think what happened there was it was just a matter of, uh, from a teaching perspective for him, uh, he was teaching at Breakaway Academy at the elementary level, and you can, you know, if you don't have your master's, you can only make so much as a teacher. He, he at this stage, and I know he wouldn't mind me saying that, he, he's able to go to Northern Lakes. He's going to do some form of teaching. I don't know what it looks like. But he's inheriting a really good hockey program, I believe. What did they finish in the uh, Banham A State tournament? Uh, it was pretty darn high. I think they were second last Yeah, they lost to East Grand Forks. Yep. Uh, so they're right there. They've got some players that have transferred from Brainerd. So he, 
He's got a nice little squat in Section 6A there that he's walking into. So he, it was too good to pass up. His kids are he just took his uh, son to college. So if they're going to make a move, now is the time. So um, that's what happened there. But that opens up the Hopkins job. So he was there for two years, and we'll see what that uh, yields for that. But in terms of other things, uh, Lauren, we turn our attentions to, you know, I think one of the big storylines that you are intrigued with is, you know, we talked a lot about Hermantown in our first segment with the Hockeyland film, but does Hermantown War Road, do they square again in the final? I mean, all eyes are pointing that way, but there could be some flies in the ointment too. Yeah, I mean, you'd hate to say it's preordained, right? Because right. Uh, Matamita should be very good. I think... Uh, East Grand Forks to certainly throw a wrench into that plan and, uh, and other teams too. But I think, uh, man, that was a fantastic final last year. And if, if everyone comes back, which is probably a theme of this discussion too, then it would be a whale of a game. It would be one to not miss. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm not sure if you'd say it would be a clash of styles, um, but they, they they play a little bit of a different game, and, and I, I think it would be interesting to see how that would match up. Now, the interesting thing that we've spoken of in the past is the goaltending situation at Matamidi. I've always wondered if there would be life after Ben Dardis, and you seem to think so, don't you? Well, I've just heard that they have some good options. I don't know names or pedigrees or sure. anything like that but you know that's that's a program that's pretty you know pretty big youth program i think don't they play double a at the youth level um you know the high school is right on the cusp of double a and you know they just turn out a lot of really good players so i would be pretty surprised if they didn't have a, a very serviceable goaltender waiting in the wings Joe Diedzik in Minneapolis uh, had a really great story last year. As uh, it was enjoyable to follow that. Do you think they have more in the tank for this year? Where do they fit into the mix? Uh, you know they lost off a lot. They're goalies, so they have to find a goalie, right? Um, uh, I've heard Drew Pitts is heading elsewhere. A fantastic defenseman. Yeah. So. They've got some good pieces, but, you know, I I just feel like in that section, boy, you really got to be on point. And I, I don't know if they can repeat kind of that magic from last year, not with Orno having a very good team, it appears. And, you know, Delano is always good, and we can go right down. You know, you, I know you like Southwest Christian. Um, Providence Academy is very good, and, and we can just keep talking about all the teams in that section. So we'll see. I just, I just feel like Again, I don't know uh, who they have coming up or or uh, who may have transferred in or out or whatever, but it, it it's a tough section, and, it, and uh, boy, recapturing that magic could be tricky for those guys. So it'd be fun to watch, see where that evolves from, what, what's there, what, what's what's made of it. And, you know, Joe Diedzik has been a great leader for the program there, and uh, he's grabbed that and uh, run with it. You know, I think if you're to pick a Class A section or even Double A to follow, as you mentioned, the depth of that thing, I mean, you're going to have three sixes, four fives, maybe even two seven matchups where you don't want to miss that. And that would definitely be worth checking out for sure. Uh, let's jump over to the Class Double A. I mean, there's lots of questions there. I mean, you know, you know, and this is the theme that you mentioned, you kind of alluded to a moment ago, who's going to be here Who's not? Are they staying? Are they doing first and last? But are they really doing first and last? You know that kind of stuff. Uh, you, you get yourself drilled into Andover. Do they? You know they lost the goaltender. Now are they going to fill that need? Uh, Maple Grove. Do they slide in above them? You know. So if you were to pick your top five class AA schools based off what you know, what would they be? Uh, well, last time you asked me this, so we've talked about this before. I said if. You asked me now, I would give you five, and if you asked me in ten minutes, I might give you a completely different five. <laughs> and that's about how it's been going for me. So I have been shuffling things around in the, my top fifteen uh, about every hour, probably. Mm -hmm. Fair um, enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume folks are coming back. So under 
there's a, I like how you, well, how do you say it? I, I say before and after you say it. What do you say for the USHL? You say... First and last. What, first and last. First and last. Yeah. I've never heard first and last. Yeah, before. first and last. I, first 10, last 10 is what I always say. Yeah, okay. before and that's, after, first and last. That's new to me. Okay. okay. Well, uh, so I'm going to stick with before and after. So uh, <laughs> Sounds good. Because I get confused with first and last. Uh, there's a lot of kids who presumably are going to do before and after mm-hmm. in the USHL. Uh, I mean, these are these are the kind of players who are obviously game changers and, and huge difference makers, right? So... Um, but then there's a possibility things go well at the USHL level and they're getting a lot of power play time or whatever, and then they decide to stay. So we've seen that before too. So who knows what's going to happen, but assuming everyone comes back, I like, I guess in no particular order, uh, Lakeville South. I'm a big, I might be the only one, but I'm a big, I'm on the Lakeville South bandwagon. I like, they have so many really good players coming back. I like. I like them a lot, and kind of lent his key to that whole situation. Rogers uh, is going to be really, really good. Also, maybe a little bit of a under the radar team. Uh, Andover, if everyone comes back, very good. Um, but they'll say Margaret's. I'm going to throw them in the top five, and we'll put. It's kind of between Maple Grove and Minnetonka. Let's put Maple Grove up there. That's pretty much uh, what I've got in there, and uh, I, I do like the uh, the Red Knight call. I, I just their sophomore class was so good; they're all back, and then they've got some incredible talent coming in, uh, provided they live up to expectations. You know, there are times. Let's be honest; we hear about transfers or someone that's coming in as a freshman, and there aren't a lot of freshmen, you guys, that really make a huge impact right away. And sometimes it takes two to three years before you really see it. So you can mm-hmm. fall in love with names that might have been terrific in Peewees and Bantams, but maybe they don't really flush out uh, to be as good as you thought they were in high school, or it takes a little bit longer. So uh, we saw the real deal with those guys with what they had, and if anything has any ability to uh, help them grow, that's great. A team that I always think always flies under the radar, well, not really under the radar, but out of the top five, but is highly respected, and nobody's ever surprised that they're in and around a semifinal uh, Friday is the Hillary Pioneers. They never seem to run out of talent, do they? That's just you could go Phil Murray, Edina, Wyzetta, yep. Moorhead, Moorhead, and then Maple Grove or Minnetonka, whichever one didn't, wasn't in the first five. So, uh, because those programs, these are all kind of like legacy programs where they're, they're good every year. You got Edina's good every year. I mean, does Edina ever really? I, I can only think of maybe one year where you'd say, hmm, that was kind of surprisingly not good. Uh, same with Phil Murray. They, they've had a couple of down years in the last, what, 20 years, maybe? Uh, Wyzetta's going to be good every year. Moorhead's mm-hmm. really building towards something. So, I mean, you could say this is the most wide open it's ever been, but I think people were saying that last year. Uh, so you can't really say that every year. <laughs> uh, and and Creighton, Jim Hall, returns a lot of their guys, too. So Ooh, Matt Harrington is just all smiles. He was absolutely livid. When you mentioned the Hornets, and then when you when you brought up uh, Creighton Durham Hall, he just lost it here. <laughs> so it's tricky. Uh, we won't really know the. Uh, we'll know a better pecking order maybe once school starts and we see who's where, and then obviously when practices start uh, is another kind of key date because then we see who's actually on the ice and who isn't. Yeah, it's really hard hard to say. Do you guys have anybody we're missing in there, sleepers or anything that uh, stands out to you, Matt? Yeah, Lauren, I was going to ask you about a team, and Pete, you can jump in here too because I know you were pretty high on them last year. Uh, the Chanhassen Storm, Ooh. I think. They only lost six games last year. Lauren, uh, where, where do you see them fitting into the mix this year? Yeah, they're right outside the top ten probably. I just, uh, was it yesterday I said sat down with like uh, four of their guys, their captains, and took some photos. We're going to put a story in the, the breakdown preseason book. So obviously we're very high on them. They have, the thing about them is they don't really have Gavin Camp is maybe their superstar player, but he's just, 
he's one of many really good players on that team, and they have tons of depth. I think last year they played seven defensemen. I think all but maybe one of them returned. Um, three good lines. They can play with anybody. I think they won 17 games last year. They lost six. Three of the losses were to Chaska. Can you so, buy like a goal or two? Like, go either oh, way. Oh, yeah, they're all super close, including the section, uh, first round of the section playoffs. Chad Hassan has never won a playoff game. Wow. Or not. Well, they've only been around, they're on the only been around like 12 years. So, yeah, a playoff, a playoff win would be huge for them, but they have bigger aspirations this year. Uh, they've got a great group of kids. I just, I, I think they're, they're good kids and uh, great players, and I'd, I'd love to see them make some noise in that section. Absolutely. We're speaking with Lauren Nelson from Legacy.Hockey in studio. This is the Meta Sports League studios from the Overtime Podcast. Matt Harrington, Brandon Spratt, yours truly, Pete Wagner, Lauren Nelson on the line. And, uh, you know, you bring up a really good point uh, as far as they've got bigger aspirations past those 12 years. I mean, it's it's hard to break through. And once you do, you can start getting yourself a little semblance of consistency. But I think the one thing that you say about that team that stands out to me is that they have uh, depth and balance. They have balance offensively and defensively, and they attack the game uh, in a very responsible way. And uh, they're coached so well. Uh, Sean Bloomfield does an incredible job with them. So they were my sleeper team, Matt. And uh, I definitely definitely like where they're at. What do you have for Lauren Brandon? Yeah, Lauren actually kind of alluded to uh, my sleeper team a little bit. We'll keep it in the Southwest Metro. I'm looking for Chaska to keep making some noise. They made it to their first section final last year. I think I like what Matt Cook is is building. I know they're going to have some key losses as well, but I think the power is definitely rising between that Chaska-Chan group, and we're only going to see both those programs do great things over the next several years. And what, Dave Spihar is on the staff now too? Yeah, they added Dave Spihar, the legend. I asked Matt, I said, do you even know how, and obviously Matt knows, he's, he's been in Minnesota long enough, he, know, he knows who Dave Spihar is, but I said, do you even know how big of a legend Dave mm-hmm. Spihar is in Minnesota hockey? And he's like, yeah, I think I've got a pretty good handle on that. So, uh, but obviously he's not, doesn't put him on the staff because of his legend status, it's because he's a good coach and knows how to work with kids. So, uh, but is an interesting one because I, Another one, you know, like I said, it was going to be the theme of the discussion. Who all is staying and who's leaving uh, among that group? I know both goalies are gone, and um, that's going to hurt. And Renzel, from what I've been told, is, is most likely gone. Maybe you guys know that's a fact. Again, these guys can change their mind at any time, have the right to do so. So, And others from that group uh, are going to be playing juniors before and, and maybe the whole season. So... Hard to say. Chaska could be a top ten team. They could they could be down in the lower teens, depending on kind of who's there for the first day of practice. It just kind of it, it it does depend. Uh, a team that I'm very intrigued with is uh, going to be the Eden Prairie Eagles. Mike Twilliger takes over as head coach. Uh, he's he's an incredible athlete. He was uh, one of the better tennis players you'll ever see here in the state of Minnesota, not to mention great hockey players. I think he played the state tournament in 1988 on that state championship team with the Hornets with a separated shoulder, basically dangling off to his left and was a difference maker out there. And um, I don't think he'd ever ask any of his guys to do anything that he wouldn't have done. And he's done some pretty impressive things that way. Uh, but I, I, you know, Teddy Townsend to me, and I've brought him up to you before, Lauren, I just think he's... He's a different type of player. I love guys that make those around them better, and he does so, and he does so in a real high hockey IQ perspective. And I'm going to be really curious to see how he does this year in a more – he was in a leadership role as a sophomore offensively, but I think he's going to be looked to as a bigger leader this year. And I I wouldn't sleep on that team is what I'm saying. No, I've heard other people uh, bring up Eden Prairie. I don't know a lot about the – was it – didn't – was, did the Eden Prairie, did they play uh, Moorhead for the Bantam State title? Bantam AA State title, is that right? I believe so, yes. Yes. I think they were. Uh, I could be wrong on that. but uh, So obviously they've got good young talent coming in too, but uh, yeah, a lot of people really like Eden Prairie. They're always good. I mean, that's another kind of, they're in that Edina, 
Bill Murray, Wyzetta mold where they're going to be good every year, and they have been. So why would this year be any different? Sure, they've had a coaching change, and they've lost some good players, but that, you know, I, I don't see how that's really going to drop that. I've got them, like, in the top 15 for sure. Uh, Teddy Townsend is one of those superstar players, Pete, that, that really can elevate a team, depending on, and like what you're saying, not just because they're great players, but maybe how they handle the other guys in the locker room or um, what they're doing off the ice is an example, you know, the work ethic they have and the, the work they're putting in. So uh, who knows how far he could, he could help push Eden Prairie. He's got a really high compete level, no question. One of the teams in the southeastern part of the state that I'm very intrigued with is Rochester Mayo. Uh, the Spartans have been uh, discussed to be a team that uh, could push through and uh, be somebody other than Lakeville North, Lakeville South, or Hastings to play in the Section 1AA final in the past recent history. Uh, I, I, I'm very curious. I'm looking forward to seeing what they have to offer. Uh, but all reports are they got a nice hockey club there. Yeah, I was kind of looking at their roster uh, and seeing who they have back and who's who's gone. Well, at least based on on last year's statistics and roster, and it looks like they returned like two of their top three scores. I don't know what they have for a goalie. Um, people like that team. You're not the only one who said uh, keep an eye on Mayo. Uh, so I'm I'm uh, I want to dig in a little deeper on those guys and just see see uh, maybe what who they have and. And who they lost, but it would be it'd be fun to see somebody. You know, Hastings kind of came in and broke up that north south, um, you know, preordained showdown that that seems to happen every year in Section One. Kind uh, be kind of fun, wouldn't it, to see Mayo in a Section Final? Oh, I think it would be amazing. It takes us back to the glory days of the seventies and eighties. I think I think the last time they were there was when Sean Podine was patrolling. I mean, that, and that, I mean, we're going circa 88, 89, maybe 88, Lord, something Lord like that. Lauren Grosso behind the bench. Absolutely, behind picking up bench. just yet another win, right? Uh, as we're... Uh, got 700. Yeah, 700. is he one or... I know they were going back and forth at uh, Albert uh, I Lee. Think and, he, and, so Roy Nystrom from Albert Lee yeah. has 705 wins. Lauren Grosso has 707. Wow. So he's two ahead of his, and those guys are good buddies. Uh, and oh, by the way, Mike Randolph is in the six hundred and seventy range. He's reeling him in. So, so he's going to get there. Can you most believe? I, you know, Mike Randolph just seems like uh, he's the energizer bunny. He just kind of keeps on going, and they just keep on winning. I'll be curious to see what yeah, he does. Right. His team's going to be really young this year, but uh, you know they're going to be in position. And they're going to be disciplined, and they're not going to take crazy penalties. And I think they're going to be definitely a team to be reckoned with. They'll play different than what we've seen the cadets play over the past uh, 15, 20 years. I think that'll be a huge difference. Let's just cycle into now, uh, and then you two can get engaged with this too. Uh, Mr. Hockey Candidates, Lauren, give me your top five. Oh, okay. Well, let me just uh, let me see who I have here. I've got... I've got a list. Well, off the top of my head, I would think, now, again, you got to put the caveat there. Are they going to come back or not? But um, Zam Plant, pretty good player. Uh, Tanner Ludke, Lakeville South, good player. Uh, you know, they got Sam Ronaldo from Rogers. Mm, I like. Really good player. Uh, you know, Brink. Finn Brink or Landon Gunderson from Maple Grove. Either one. I don't know if I can do two for one. Sure, go there. ahead. Go ahead. But I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to sneak that past you. One A and B, and you're good. You're good. There's a there's several where several teams where there's like two guys who could might be competing with each other for Mr. Hockey. Uh what about Jimmy Clark at Edina? He'd be right in the mix too as well. Absolutely. For sure. Uh one more, uh, Jason Shagabay at World. There you go. Yeah, you, you know what? You stole that one from Brandon. Sure did. Oh wait, wait. I've got wait. I, can I do two more? You said five. Yeah, go but, ahead. Because you had package deals, so you're good. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I got one, <laughs> one more. One more package deal. Uh, Gavin Thorson and Caden Casey at Andover. 
Absolutely. I love those guys too. Well, and that's what there's puts them of- right in the mix. But when you say that, there's so like you're just going to say there's so many players. There's a lot of options out there, and and that's what's that's really good for the game. Do you guys have anybody else to add to the mix? Matt? You know, you know I think that? we covered most of the bases. Uh, Sam Ranallo was going to be somebody that I was thinking could be a, a finalist for sure, but I, I think we got a a good chunk there. That's great. How about you? Well, I, I did mention every good player in the state. He did. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why we just went to the source, so just let you do it. I, I think I got one, and again, I'm not super well-versed on the are they coming back, are they not discussion, but Jackson Panzer from East Grand Forks, I would throw in there. Yeah, I would. Yeah, for yeah. sure, if, he, if he's coming back. I, I, I'm kind of thinking, like I didn't, rem- I didn't, mention, uh, I didn't mention him just because I'm kind of thinking he could be mm-hmm. gone. Same with Renzel at Chaska. I mean, obviously, he'd be in the. He would be talking about him, but uh, you know, I haven't talked to Matt lately. But it, you know, it, all signs do kind of indicate he's going to be playing in the USHL. How about the biggest story of the year, Lauren? What are you thinking? Your what's going to be the shocking? Not shocking, but what's going to be the underlying theme of the year? Do you think? Hmm, that's a good question. You know. It's an easy one to say, but parody, maybe. Right. I mean, remember last year when there was like a new, well, a lot of people, so everyone has their own rankings, right? So a lot, uh, there's a new number one for a lot of people every week, right? It's one, uh, one week it's Cretan, one week it's Andover, one week it's, you know, pick your favorite team and they're, they're number one. It could be like that again this year. I when I when I put my rankings, out, I'm I'm a little reluctant to just drop someone out of number one if they lock, if they lose a game because no one's going to go undefeated. I don't think that'd be a, that'd be a great story. Somebody went undefeated. Uh, so I don't tend to move teams around as much. But uh, last year there was a whole bunch of teams that that were number one for a while in a lot of rankings, and that could be a story again this year. I think the other one is I'm. I'm just always watching Class A. I think um, I'm writing about some Class A teams now and some Class A sections, and it's interesting. This is just an example, but like Section 1A, there's, and this is like, like it's like this in a lot of sections. There's there's four or five teams that could that could win that section: Northfield, New Prague, Rochester Lords, Albert Lee, and heck, even La Crescent has a has a pretty good squad. So. I think the rise of I, I keep calling it the rise of Class A, and I think it's getting better and better. And these teams are becoming more and more. You don't always see it in the quarterfinals at the state tournament, but outside of that, these teams are becoming more and more competitive with each other. And granted, you've got the Hermantowns and the Warlords that are maybe a step above, or or it could be this year again. But I just love the the how these teams are getting better and better, and the fans are responding. If you look at the Attendance at the state tournament, uh, the quarterfinals, and especially the semifinals, are, are they're opening that upper bowl at the X, and they're getting, you know, upwards of nine, ten thousand people for those games. So uh, that just again shows the quality of Class A and how it's growing. It it really does, and uh, you touch on some great points there, especially in the the quarterfinal rounds. What I've noticed maybe in the past, I don't know, four to five years. Gone are the days of like 06, 07, where, you know, you had Breck, St. Thomas. You had four teams that were just, you know, you could really just like toss the other teams aside. There might be one in there that, but every game was like 9-1, 10-2, and it was just painful to watch. We've had a lot more uh, contested games, generally speaking. There's been your odd numbers. Generally speaking. Over the past four or five years in the Class A, which speaks exactly directly to your point, which I think is wonderful because it's not just the depth from a, a handful of teams, but now we're talking about eight sections in statewide, which is really awesome for the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're still going to see those blowouts in the quarterfinals. That's still going to happen, but I think if you looked at it over time, they're becoming slightly less uh, predominant. So. You're getting better core. You know, we, we, you, you and I have talked about this the, when the, the Moose, Monticello, uh, made, 
made their big run. That was a that was so much fun watching them go all the way to the championship game. Uh, and that could happen at any time again with a team that you don't really expect to be there. All of a sudden, is is playing in the championship game. Uh, Greenway. Oh, special. Um, yeah, those are fun to watch. Having a few uh, years I, back with Johnson, how good he was. They were pushing. Yes. You know, yeah. and, and it was somebody not named Hermantown that year. And it was like, wow, this is really, really special, you know. So you, you, you've you got some great, great teams to follow in the Class A, which I think is going to be wonderful. Uh, final question for you before we have to let you bounce. Do you update your your incredible book, Tourney Time, or is that going to be like a volume two? What are you doing with the current tourneys that have followed the release of your book? This is a fantastic question, Pete. I love it. Uh, because we are just working that out. Our publisher is the Minnesota Historical Society Press. They, We basically run out of the first press run of books. Sold them all. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's so unbelievable. Instead of just, yeah, that was, that's great. I was surprised them. Uh, David Levesque, uh, my co-author, and I were not surprised because we've been on the streets hustling and selling a lot of these ourselves. Really have, yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, so instead of just printing, doing another printing run with the same information, why not, as you're saying, add in the, the most recent four tournaments? And that'll be four after this most current one. So we're going to add, I can't remember how many pages we're going to add to the book, but we're going to obviously write about the most recent champions and probably. Uh, in double A for sure, and a couple single A, David and I haven't figured out exactly uh, what the content is going to be. And then we'll obviously get in the, the most recent tournament here when it ends. Give that all to the Minnesota Historical Society. They're, they're going to republish the book, and we'll have basically kind of a, a somewhat new product to sell i'm in i'm in yeah so we'll make sure on our websites and on our uh podcasts that we get that out hopefully is the plan to have it done by the start of the state tournament again well it'll be we'll have everything done right after this next state tournament and then it's it's up to the historical society to you know that's a slow process to get everything into the book get it published and all that so maybe the idea would be to have it ready for the not this next state tournament, but the one after okay, that. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, so everybody buckle up, get ready. You've got more reading. And uh, I know there's a lot, you know, you're going to get repeat sales. That's brilliant, actually. I don't know if you guys backed into that. Sounds like you kind of did. But I think that's absolutely a wonderful situation for you guys. And uh, it's incredible content for us all to have. I look at it still regularly. It's great. If, awesome. I'm, if I'm ever sitting around on the deck, I'll pull it out and go, oh, let's check out 1956. Boom. You know, it's pretty cool. So, uh, Lauren, have yourself a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. He is Legacy.Hockey, the official spot to get all of your high school hockey information. It's the place to go with the guy who's the owner and executive editor of that great publication. Enjoy your weekend, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. Thank you, Lauren. We're going to come back with a little bit more. We're going to wrap it up with Brandon Spratt and Matt Harrington right after this on the Overtime Podcast. What if there was a place where everything was hockey? Finding the skate. Here comes Steve's and I go all alone. In Minnesota, there is. Welcome back to our studios here in lovely Edina, Minnesota. We're in the Meta Sports League studio right here, along with Brandon Spratt and Matt Harrington. I'm Pete Wagner as uh, we are going to uh, put a wrap on uh, today's show. I'd like to also remind you that MetaButes is a hockey-themed NFT project from the MetaButes or the Meta Sports League. I always say that. Check them out at MetaButes.io. That's the hockey product, and uh, really excited to see this grow throughout the season. There will be a very effective presentation of their product will be found here that all of our uh, viewers, uh, young and old, can take advantage mm-hmm. of. That I think will be really good. Also, don't forget about Jack Link Steak Strips. So thick, 
and so tender, they deserve their own slow jam. Like you don't think I don't want like I'm activation. I, yeah, <laughs> product. Oh, you know what? We got the we got so we got the original, which is my personal favorite. Okay. Don't flavor. I just get get me the jerky. Okay. We've got the teriyaki. I'm in product. on the teriyaki. So. I mean, like phenomenal. But you know what's funny is with some of these. Uh, okay, so here's the original. Here's the Terry. Um, if if you let them warm up in the car a little bit, I mean, it's actually. Nice and soft, on yeah. On point. Yeah, on point. 100%. We've got, we got a couple more items for you here. Jeff Carlson, of course, brought these to us. How about this? The beef stick and cheese. So when you do these, do you do them out of the pack like this, or do you just pull them out and go side by side, or what do you Out do? of the pack, yeah. I haven't had the uh, the beef stick and cheese, but open I'm going to have to dig into I want, that. You're going to do it on air. <laughs> open it up. This, this won't end well. Uh. Um. I won't do that because you guys don't need to hear the, this guy chomping. But yeah, just go after it. We need. I will. I okay. want you to eat that. This is called product placement. Yes, that's how we do it here. How about uh, a terrific show today, though? I I've thoroughly enjoyed learning about the Hockeyland film. I think it's yeah, a terrific idea. Hopefully, we can get some excitement too on that, right? I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. Excellent. They sound like great filmmakers. I, I really love that they were just emphasizing sort of the human interest and the, the human nature side of, of these these kids and, and the game itself. It just sounds like a terrific project. Well, and it's coming from the right spot, too, 100%. no question. Also, coverage presented by the Prospect Exchange, TPE. Evaluate, share, and advance. And let's be honest. Uh, name a spot where you can get live streaming podcasts, news, information, content, and then you have the ability to have every one of your shifts that have been cut for you that you can use from a recruitment perspective. How is it, Brandon? It's really good. I'm struggling. My sweaty hands are uh, struggling to mm. open this over here. Might, might need a little assistance from the Pete Wagner over here. Mm. This is really tender. Or Brandon can help. This is so tender right here. Mm. It's so sweaty. He can't. Oh, my gosh. I've never. Oh, he's got we're, it. We're getting there. He's working it. Yep. Appreciate it. I'll take that oh. one. <laughs> you want that one, Wags? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take whichever one. Thank you. Todd Geisler stepping up huge Appreciate for us. It. Thanks, Todd. Okay, Appreciate guys. It. Also, St. Louis Park Nutrition. They're at SLP underscore nutrition or SLP nutrition underscore is, of course, Instagram and just SLP nutrition at Facebook. So, guys, uh, you were you, you were pleased with the show. Were there anything that, anything that stands out for you coming into this high school season that's shocking to you? Not Not shocking, but... To me, it's the potential. I don't like to dwell on who's here, who's not here. I think for me personally, whenever you have a season where you don't have a particular favorite, I think that makes things more interesting. And he talked about the parity, the teams that we're going to see. Yeah, we're going to see our Edina, Eden Prairie, Minnetonka, those teams be pretty good every year just about. But I think when you have teams like Rogers, Chanhassen, teams that you don't typically see in your top tens, think that makes it a lot more fun. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. We saw a lot of Chan Hassan doing their games last year, right? I think all of us are very, very comfortable with them being in the mix. Yeah. I think, I think they're, I don't think they're going to be apologetic to be among the upper echelon. I think that's very real with them. So I think that's going to be good. How about just the number of games we're going to be doing for play by play? Have you guys really put your hands around what's happening? Like, do you even know? It's a lot, but I think that's uh, what makes the product so special. Mm-hmm. What makes it come to life? Yep, exactly. Is the... it bad that I meet? I've never done this before. <laughs> well, really, it, I and mean, it's... I would have been fired in school at Brown Institute for Broadcasting <laughs> for this. They like fire you if you did something illegal on the air, like eating. But you know what? We got to sell. So this is really good. We're not on the air. It's a podcast. Jack Links. Feed your wild side. Yeah, we're feeding it. We've (laughs) got the beef stick and cheese. It's really good, Jeff. Thanks. You don't know how hungry we were. He's like, okay, guys, you can put them down now. (laughs) 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 That's not happening anytime soon. Well, guys, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great year. And um, next year, we're going to go through our uh, next week, we're going to go through our list of who we're doing games for. And then we'll kind of break into their schedules and talk a little bit about that. I'll have some more guests. You know, we'll never be short of those. Uh, we'll probably lean into the twins and their failures. They'll probably be eight out by the end of next week. So um, maybe we can uh, hit on girls' top tens as well and uh, next week. You, you know what? Let's do that. Uh, so we'll get into the girls' top tens next week. 
We'll take a look at who the uh, Ms. Hockey finalists mm-hmm. could be, maybe some goaltenders of the year as well. Well, and you know what I like about that, too, is you can have more of a discussion about that on the girls' side because there isn't this, are they staying, are they going? You you know who's going to be You know who's gonna be here. It's, it's a lot easier to forecast what the rosters could look like. 100%. I'd agree with that. With, <laughs> with Brandon, I didn't really have much to add there. But um, I just needed you to cover for me while I swallowed oh. that last bite. <laughs> You're good. I mean, I'm just, I didn't need you, but I needed you. Uh, I, I think in double A, I think we're going to see more of the same Yuri Dinah. Andover is, of course, big girls' power these days. Tonka. So. Tonka. Andover might run the table this year. Uh, Tonka's going to be a problem. They are, but they, I'm just saying. I think I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw I that little be, foreshadowing. I think it might be Tonka's here. You think so? It could be, if it's know. if not this year, it's not going to happen. They made it I don't to know. turn that on, so when we close it out, we like look yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that. Well, guys, great show today. Thanks for joining us here in studio. Obviously, we'll get you guys more engaged as we go on, but we had some high fluting guests where we just kind of jammed in on it. But uh, glad to see you two comfortable behind the microphones, and we get show number two in the books. Absolutely. For our entire crew here at the Overtime Podcast from the Meta Sports League studios, I'm Pete Wagner. So long, everybody.